Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, production of iHeartRadio. Okay, so before we get into this one, it comes with a massive content and trigger warning because we're going to be talking about sexual assault and some like really, in my opinion, painful uh, self-esteem issues. And I hate that this is coming out on like a holiday weekend here in the United States, but that's just how it happens to be because this has been something on my mind lately because through this pandemic, Samantha and I, we've been very open about continuing to process trauma and especially when it comes to having a lot of time by yourself and being mindful and asking questions as to why are you not coping with something well or why do you continue to do this even though you're removed from people, like you're by yourself and you continue to do these things. So I will say this episode isn't really researched, it's from a lot of um, personal experience. And because of that, I ask that you give us grace because it's going to be kind of a raw personal discussion. And I think we could expound upon it in a full episode. But I just wanted to talk about it. But definitely, if you are not in a good place, I would skip this one. (laughs) I would skip it. So we're talking about this idea that we hear a lot in the media when it comes to sexual assaults. So yes, we're going to be talking about sexual assault around, especially women, Um, that she wasn't pretty enough to assault. She was not pretty enough to rape. I would, I being the man here, I would never have done that. She's not pretty enough. And we hear that in our media and in news stories pretty frequently. And, you know, I hate to bring him up, but Donald Trump is a great offender because he said a similar thing when women accused him. And he was like, have you seen her? I would never. And I actually think that should be something we tease out later in a future episode because to to me, that feels like a real posturing thing of these guys who think they only want this image of, you know, traditionally beautiful models going after them. Anyone else, like, I would never touch them because mm-hmm. they're beneath me. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about this because it sounds so stupid, but I've just got stuck in my head about shaving. Why do I keep shaving? And I mean, during quarantine, like before I got it, like, you know, maybe I didn't like it, but I felt like I should do it. And I didn't really hate it. Like I kind of liked the feeling of shaving. It wasn't necessarily totally society telling me it, although there's definitely aspects of it, but I I liked it. But then during quarantine, it kept coming back to me like, why are you shaving? You're not going out. And it I just, it rung to me clear as a bell this one day, like in case you get raped. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was just like this awful, awful thought. But when I was 14, And this happened to me where I'd been like, I think the line of defining rape is very messy. But when I had like my first 
you know, vaginal penis rape. (laughs) That was the first thing I thought was it couldn't be happening because I was not pretty enough for this to happen to me. And I remember what I was wearing and I thought it was so doofy. Like it was this striped, like pink and purple striped pajamas. And I was wearing this like old white stained sports bra and it felt so fat and shabby. And I just like, I thought this could not be happening to me because you are not pretty enough. There's no way anyone would want that with you. And obviously that's messed up. (laughs) It's really messed up. And I remember being in high school which is when this was all happening. And I was in 11th grade and we read A Streetcar Named Desire. And if you haven't read that, it essentially hinges on like a sexual assault. And my teacher, who is known as being like really strict and, you know, tough, she was asking, you know, what we thought about that scene and why we thought it happened. And somebody in class, like, I think it was a dude said, you know, I I don't know, because she wasn't pretty enough. She wasn't pretty enough. And my teacher, I remember her saying, like, if you think rape is about beauty, then you misunderstand the whole situation. It is about power. And I was shocked, like, just totally shocked. That wasn't my understanding of it. And that's such a horrible thing to think. Like, that's horrible to think, like, beautiful people are going to be the ones that get raped. It's awful. Like, it's awful on so many levels. But it's just, that's what I thought. And I still struggle with it. And it's awful. But back when I was going through this abuse, that's what I would think is like, I need to shave or I need to look better because these guys are going to come and rape me. But I need to look good. Because I thought that was like my value. And even though I didn't want this or it wasn't an experience that I asked for or enjoyed, I wanted them to think I looked good. And I just don't know. It's, it's such a powerful, a powerful thought that it's like still with me. And it's like those everyday things, you know, like shaving. This is why you're doing it. In case, in case it happens again, that I'm already preparing in the back of my head. In case it happens again. Oh, God. Oh, my God. (laughs) But I've also been thinking about that. Like, it's silly. But when I talked about, like, my fan fiction and my cinnamon roll, and I want you to be happy cinnamon roll. And I said, like, a lot of the things I read that I talk it up, I talk a big game. They're so sad. I think that's... If I described it to you, it might not seem so sad, but it's that level of low self-esteem. It's that level of, I'm not worth protecting or not this, but my my whole value is my beauty. So even if I don't want this, I'm gonna look as good as I can while I do it or while it happens which is a danger. This is the danger when we talk about 
not having sex ed or putting beauty above everything and sexual desirability above everything for women is this. Like, it just makes me really upset that there are all these narratives around value when it comes to women and we're not giving we're not giving young women tools or even just the like worth to say no like I thought this might be how relationships were Mm -hmm. and I thought like I should want it I try to convince myself I should want it it just makes me really angry it should And I know I've been very silent in letting you tell the story because it is important. And also it's important that you're able to hash all of this out. And obviously it's a gift for the listeners as myself that you are entrusting us with this information. So thank you for that. And I don't want to at all uh, take over or take away from the trauma, the anxiety, and the processing of all of this, obviously, because it is important and it is something absolutely correct to say that victims uh, and survivors were not given these tools. But these conversations are constant conversations of how you're misleading many of the young people who truly don't understand the dangers of these conversations and the depth of even the diet conversations that we've had where you see mothers in front of their daughters talking about their value being their looks and their diets and their bodies and why that is dangerous. And so therefore, if they don't uh, fit that image, then they are not worthy of protection or worthy of being seen. And I think that's what happens too often uh, where we ignore those conversations and don't realize you've made a foundation, a very unstable, very dangerous grounds for uh, women and for oftentimes victims not being able to say what happened was wrong, not even recognizing what happened was wrong and how traumatizing that alone is compounded into so many more larger conversations. And again, yeah, it's being triggered with things that you are technically groomed by. This is whether you thought it was in your head or whether it was maybe a small saying or a small word or like a passing word during one of your times of trauma, during your actual situation, that you were groomed to think this is what you had to be and this is what you need your parents to be. And yeah, that you're supposed to be appreciative because someone's paying attention to you, even though this is painfully obvious that it is abuse and a violation of your being, like your happiness, your uh, trust, your ability to live a happy and fulfilled life. And they have taken that away from you by those conversations. And that's the other part to that, this whole, I don't believe you bullshit that comes to it is because it is a power play of who can get away with what, essentially, and what these uh, horrible people perpetrators have done and what we've allowed to be done and said as is normal and that's the most horrific part of it all is that honestly for the longest time 
the most smartest, intelligent people you've ever met do not realize that they have been victimized. And because that in itself makes you angry, you don't want to admit it. And so it compounds that other explanation of not want to say, hey, it's not our fault, it's theirs. But because once again, we want to hide it, the shame factor makes it even a bigger mess in general. And it's so heartbreaking in every way because there's no end in sight. There is no end in sight. As we continue to see trials and cases and incidents and even abortion laws, that has absolutely everything to affect this. This this has a part of that conversation of how you see us, how you see a person with a uterus, what you see our value in, how little we matter. That's what you just told us because you do not recognize us as humans and individuals. This is that dangerous conversation where my value is whether or not I'm worthy to be taken advantage of or worthy to be protected. And it's disgusting in every level because that's what we also see when we talk about, you know, when you were talking about your triggers being the shaving, which is significant, which is a significant tale. Like, it's, it's like, okay, you brought a moment that I'm betting there's so many more out there who have incidents similar to you. I'm not betting, I know, because I, we've talked about it. Like, I've talked about it with other women. I've talked about it with other survivors. I've talked about it. Uh, my own triggers of similar things like this, the smells and or something that I did that I will never do again or something that I remember that I, I'm like, what did I do? Whatever. But for me, a part of that is being told because of my race that I either deserve something or don't deserve something. Even to the point that when I was molested, even though there was someone close to me, they were able to separate me out because I wasn't really one of them. So he can protect his own, but I'm not really one of them. That, that level of conversation. And again, therefore, I'm secondary and unworthy of protecting as well as, yeah, that's what they're used for. They're just for my use in the story. And that's that whole other conversation that we are not bringing forward when we talk about, again, I keep going back to the abortion law about why this is violating and why it's dangerous. It's not just many people are going to die because they can't get access to reproductive care. We need to talk about that. But more so that you have put a standard on women, once again, or those who have uteruses, that your value is your body and therefore you are of nothing, you have nothing of worth outside of that. And what we're protecting is not you as a human, but what could come out of you. And that, again, with that same level of not understanding what rape is about. Rape is not about being attracted to someone. Rape is about power. Rape is about dismissing someone else's humanity because you think you have the right or you don't give a about others. End of story. Because you have feel like you are able to satiate something that will be fleeting in the end because you take on this level of, I own you. And that's that conversation of this is the same mentality that is happening with these laws and why we are upset. This is why we cried with the Supreme Court. This is why we cried in 2016 election. This is the fear that's coming out. Like that there's so many underlying issues of these conversations that continue to let women and young girls know and those of any marginalized community that their value is minimal compared to the cis white man. 
Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like that's what the feeling I got was this sort of underlying what I'm talking about here is because I, you know, you you try to tell yourself, okay, you know, I get that you feel this way, but it's not the truth. And then you just see these instances over and right. over. And you have to be like reminding yourself over and over in the face of it. And it just gets exhausting after a while. And it's I don't know, when I think of these men like who have succeeded and who have done well, who have had all these accusations against them and they've said like, oh, she wasn't pretty enough. And they say it in such a way that is so confident and so not, in my mind, in my experience, understanding of... They're just, they're just like operating on a whole different level of of privilege than I am. And I know I come from a lot of privilege, but it, it's to say that and be so confident in saying that. like As if it's a justification, for sure. Right. Yeah, and it's awful. Like, like I said, it's awful either way because I've been thinking about this a lot. And the fact that I even had that thought, is it disgusts me. But yeah. that's how powerful it is. It is. But here's the biggest problem to that. It's not that they're saying it, it's that people are buying it. And we see it mm-hmm. repeated on a constant basis. Yeah, to say that I've pissed off is an understatement. And by the way, this is how I do my tone. If people are confused, I get real monotone and quieter when I get mm-hmm. infuriated. <laughs> like I'm the quiet storm that flashes out. But anyway, because <laughs> I realize my tone may not match my words completely. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> but same. in general, that, that we have allowed that to be an excuse and people accept it. And even women, women have accepted it. I've had my mother say like that, where I've heard her say, yeah, but come on, that girl was fat. He could do so much better, as if that's the reason. And we've heard that with Bill Clinton's when they were defending him with Monica Lewinsky. We know that that's what they said. And I remember as a child, and we talked about this before, being seeing that, I'm like, she's smaller than me. How is she mm-hmm. fat? And, you know, mm-hmm. be like the, the level. And that's what I heard. Of course, that's what I took away and believed right. it to be true as well. So we were absolutely fed that and believed mm-hmm. it because, again, we are constantly seeing that our worth is very minimal. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, yeah, we're hearing that and seeing that and being fed that and just from very, such a young age. And that, that, yeah, looking back at Monica Lewinsky specifically, that that was like the main narrative of like, no, she's too fat. Like, Mm -hmm. this, it's disgusting and ridiculous and I hate it. (laughs) And let's just be honest, Hillary Clinton fed into that too. She allowed that to be a running headline. Yeah. So I'm not saying she did anything wrong necessarily. She wasn't the, she, it was Bill Clinton and Bill Clinton's fault, but she fed into mm-hmm. the woman against woman narrative in that line as well. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, she also got fed to the wolves saying she was prude and wasn't caring for exactly. her husband too. So it was just a whole, Yeah, it was every woman's fault but woman. his. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's a whole different story. We know this. Yes. And I, I, you know, I wanted to say, like, Samantha and I, we bonded over trauma experiences. Mm-hmm. And that was what we started our time on this show with. And I know we're going to revisit it 
coming up because we're kind of reaching an anniversary of sorts. But just to say, like, you know, trauma is always continuously processing. And it's, I do feel like I've made a lot of strides and I've made a lot of progress. But, you know, you have your bad days and there are still things that you're working through, like still realizations, like, oh, why am I shaving? And then, right. And I don't want to stop shaving. That's what I hate. (laughs) (laughs) Right. There's that whole level too of like, but if I do this, I'm giving into this. But am I giving Mm -hmm. into this? If I don't do this, I don't understand. But Mm -hmm. on top of all of that, I don't want it to be said that for you to even get to this point of rehashing that is a huge leap of progress in in being able to face that. Because that in itself takes a lot uh, just to face it, of course, and being vulnerable uh, for our listeners and for me, you know, again, it is a privilege for us. But it, I also know you're deep in therapy. And I'm very proud of that, as well as so the audience knows that as she is bringing these instances up, she's not doing it in an unhealthy manner, that you have been approaching this in a way of trying to heal. And unfortunately, to heal, that means to rip open some old wounds, which is heavy. Yes, but thank you. And thank you for for listening. I knew, like I told Samantha before we started this one, I was like, I don't know how this is going to go, but it's going to be rough. <laughs> and it was. But we've done it. We've made it to the end. And I, you know, a happy Labor Day if you're in the United States. <laughs> um, and really, 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 uh, I really do appreciate having the space to to talk about these things. And and all of you listeners are always so amazing. And Samantha, you're always so amazing. So thank you. Thank you um, for being there for me and for being open with me as well. And as always, listeners, you can email us at stephaniamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuff I never told you. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.